we have an opportunity here to bring presence to the ceremony that is your life. And my invitation to you is to stop whatever you're doing, wherever you are, just for this one precious moment and take a deep breath. Follow the breath into your root point and land yourself right here, right now, into your present moment. And exhale. Welcome to the space where all the magic is happening and prepare yourself to receive the wild, raw expanse that is available inside the dojo that is your life. You are the empowered center point creator of every single experience that you are drawing into your field at this time. When you recognize that and really get that in your bones, you will receive yourself as the magnet for the most perfectly expansive evolutionary curriculum that is precisely crafted for you to evolve beyond what was in order to claim all that is a match to the you who is free. And that is what we are here to do inside the dojo as we explore what it means to live a life beyond the edge. This is a Soul Fire production. Hello, Dojo family. It is so good to come to you today with one of my dearest sisters, Christine Olivia, who is an author, a ceremonialist, a child of magic herself, who really (laughs) walks as the embodiment of one of the characters in her own stories with such beauty and innocence that you radiate from your heart, like with every breath, with every walk. And one reflection I've also given her quite quite often is that there is this innocence that's so authentic. And there's this like childlike awe and wonder and love and open-hearted energy that this woman exudes. And at the same time, there is also a profound ferocity and strength that is is rare to find in one that has such a strong feminine essence. Like this woman stands for what she believes in. This woman has a sharp sword of truth. This woman is a very good friend, even when it's uncomfortable. And so we've built trust over the many years that we've been dancing together. I remember um, one of the first really deep dives we had was under this tree in Topanga for hours, just laying and being connected to nature and finding all the ways that our paths harmonize and all the ways that we've served as really beautiful mirrors for one another. And so I feel so honored to introduce all of you today to Christine Olivia, who inspires me on the path so, so, so often. And Christine, I'd love for you to just share your voice. And one thing that really feels most alive for you today to bring forward to the Dojo fam. Hmm. Well, thank you for that beautiful introduction. First off, um, I am so grateful and so honored um, to be here, deeply touched by what you shared and just so grateful to have a beautiful sister who can see me in my fullness. And yeah, so just thank you for that. Ah, yeah. So what is alive for me? Um, there's so much. And I mentioned earlier how 
I'm really feeling into sharing about remembering our roots. So really feeling into my indigenous roots, into um, my Mayan traditions and culture and my lineage. Mm-hmm. Um, something really important to, to feel into and to share with others. So that's what's alive for me in this moment. Yeah. I I love that. And, you know, one thing when, when we bring forward something that is so deep, literally like the roots go deep, right? Like this is the Mayan tradition, man, talk about deep roots, talk about ancient ancestry there and, and deep lineage work. It, it also kind of signals to me that when you've developed a passion about something to the degree that you have, like reconnecting to your roots, your lineage and your ancestry and sharing that with the world, Mm -hmm. it also indicates to me that at some juncture, there had to have been a feeling of disconnection with the roots because I, I really find we, we always, at least the most, the integrous teachers that I find are always teaching from the walk. They're Mm -hmm. always, and there's some deep humblings, that happen on the walk. And I, you know, we, I think sharing from some of those humblings, those humblings bring the integrity that yields itself to meaningful, profound teachings. So I'd actually like to start there is where we've actually never talked about this. So (laughs) where in, in speaking to your passion for lineage and roots, where in your own life journey, did you feel disconnected? from your roots? How did that look and how did it occur? Mm, So fully, completely disconnected from my father's lineage because he had abandoned me when I was a child and really wasn't in my life at all. Um, You know, growing up, I think I had maybe met him a handful of times and we had communicated through letters. Um, And then he took his life when I was 22. And so that was incredibly jarring, traumatic to my system. And I felt like I'd never get to know that part of myself. I felt I lost a part of myself and um, it was very fragmenting. However, then I was introduced to Mayan cacao from Guatemala in ceremony when I was in Bali. And, you know, I was learning about yoga teacher training, which was beautiful and a lot easier to connect with. I think a lot of times when it comes to our own lineage and our own medicine, our own magic, it can really be hard to connect with that medicine because there's so much trauma around it. Whereas we can see other traditions and it can be really light and easy and just easeful to connect with. So yoga was that for me, which was a beautiful door um, and way to come into connection with my own lineage and, and the medicine that was there. So was fully disconnected to the point where I had forgotten I was even Guatemalan. And it all came back to me in that ceremony. It was like a coming back to my heart, my ancestors, and then this ancestral medicine. It was incredibly profound. And then that led me to go directly to the lands because I did not have family from that side, from my father's side. It led me to go to Guatemala connect with the ancestors of the land, connect with the cacao spirit herself. And that's where I felt held and like coming back home to myself. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that this is also like such a process and, uh, you know, a, a cycle of remembering. So that was one moment of coming back to myself and then it, it, it continues. And then, it, you know, it's, it's interesting how 
things will show up and it'll allow you to kind of forget or question, um, especially when we've had a lot of trauma within our, you know, intergenerational trauma. It's like things are going to come up. Yeah. And then I'll give you another opportunity to then dive deeper and really come back into remembrance. So it's such a process. Yeah. Well, let's go into that process because here in, I know that in the dojo field, you know, the listeners here are, are passionate about the specificities and the devotion that it takes to really break through on, on our own, when it comes to our own evolutionary process and reconnecting to our lineage and our ancestry is so much a huge part of that. And so I really, I mean, honor and hear just the fracture that you experienced in your relationship with your dad and the depth of how that journey in itself must have been and what a gift it ha- it was to actually meet your your like roots literally on the homeland in Guatemala, connecting with the cacao medicine and, and really feeling that and aliveness of like, oh, this is, this is a part of me. And so you spoke to, you know, some of the pieces that come up that created barriers or that, um, were, you know, fearful or, resistant filled. What did that look like for you? Like, cause it's that initial catalyst is like, yes, this is such a yes. But then what did actually like walking that journey Mm. look like? Oh, there's so much I can say. Um, I think there's a part that I get to include is also the maternal side. Um, you know, my mother is Mexican American. So my grandmother from Mexico, my grandfather from Pennsylvania. So there's that. So there's also the Mayan lineage within that side and the Azteca side as well. And I was so fragmented from that portion because I grew up with my mother, grew up with my grandmother. She helped raise me and they were very much Catholic growing up. And, you know, being Catholic, there's so much superstition around indigenous teachings, um, around witchery. And so to them, that would have been you know, way too much to um, even think about, you know, that was just not even a question. We didn't think about any of the indigenous teachings. We never spoke on it. It was, it was Catholicism is what we would speak to. Jesus is what we'd speak to and not even that much either. We weren't super religious. So I, I have to say that fragmentation on both sides, all sides, right. With colonization, it's like you are taught you know, that that is less than, that that is evil, that that is a scary thing that you don't even get to be curious about. So there was no curiosity there. Mm-hmm. And so it just was me in my curiosity after cacao that led me down that path. Um, and then what continues to come up is decolonizing ourselves, like colonism is within us. So for me, really breaking that down and re-indigenizing myself is what it comes down to. I think with decolonial work, it's kind of, it can be this feeling or sense that we're not doing it well, or we're not doing enough to decolonize. And so what I really like to speak to is re-indigenizing, which is a remembrance, a reclamation. I'm reclaiming my roots and my magic, Mm. um, reclaiming this part of myself that is pre-colonial, that is before, that is of the wise ancestors, that wisdom that is connected to all that is, to the cosmos, to Mother Earth, to 
all of nature to each other, to the animals, to the elementals, to all things. Um, and so what that looks like for me is remembering that, yes, I have the elders that I can go to and my mentors and my teachers and knowing that that wisdom is within my bones and my body and my DNA. Mm. Um, and so coming back to my spirit, come back to my truth, to my soul, knowing who I am. Um, yeah, that's what it looks like. So many times as you were speaking, just really feeling like the, it's almost like rewilding, like we all have points of origin that are beyond conditioning, that are beyond culture, that are beyond the, the fear, the fearful judgments of any family, family members that may have been through their, that have likely been through their own indoctrinations and were really stripping away the layers. It's not like adding, it's actually stripping away the layers of illusion in order to reveal the truth of who we are and who we've always been and the truth of our bones, bones of, and our bodies of the earth. So the earth that you come from. And so I'm curious, you know, you spoke to the cacao ceremony, actually activating a huge remembering remembrance in you. Once that happened, mm-hmm. what, 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 how did the pathway unfold? Like, wh- what was your journey like in, in engaging with teachers? How I know you've spent a lot of time in South America to really connect with the land. What, how did that path unfold where it actually has redirected a lot of your offerings, your service, your voice, your writing, everything that I see you doing is really coming from a stand for your roots and a stand for the women and men of Mm. similar heritage to find their own empowered, liberated, Mm. grounded expression, which takes courage, right? Mm. To come through all those layers. So what, what did it take for you to continue to peel back all the layers and face off with the fear, fearful conditioning of the culture of the family. And then how did the path actually unfold for you to arrive in a place now where you're really, you're teaching, you know, doing sessions around Mayan readings and you're facilitating cacao ceremonies and your writings are representative of the indigenous women of your culture and of your land. And like, there's so much that you're representing now here. So for, for, for the people that are just arriving into a reclamation, what can you describe your path as an invitation? Yeah, absolutely. So it was finding teachers that really spoke to my heart and really resonated and through trial and error. And, you know, it took, um, yeah, going to those lands, connecting with different elders and different teachers and um, really seeing what really landed and what stayed and really resonated with an open heart and um, learning and finding that a lot of our elders, you know, are also really um, affected by colonization and the patriarchy. I'll, you know, share one experience where I had one elder and one teacher who I really looked up to who was um, a female Mayan elder and she saw me and my expression and it triggered her and she didn't like it and she did not like that I was sharing cacao and she did not like that I was a sensual being and at that time I was really 
um, coming into understanding who I was and, and what did I want to share. And I've always come from a really authentic and real place. And my Instagram, you know, is a reflection of that. And so it would show that I'm like, I'm moving through learning about my sensuality and my sexuality as this beautiful thing. And because I'm in this body, I have been, you know, judged for that and for my expression, my sensuality. And so it would come off too intense for her and she didn't like that. Mm. And so I got a hard, um, I felt very rejected and like that was not okay. And me and my expression was not okay. And if I wanted to, you know, share about my ancestral plan, it needed to be done in this in this particular way. And that's how that elder wanted it. Mm. And so it was really good for me to move through that. That was super hurtful, mind you. I was very devastated. I was, I was, I remember crying and feeling like, wait a minute, because this is, you know, the only mine person that I was really connecting with at that time. And I felt like it was almost like, you know, an aunt or family member and feeling rejected like that was really hard and hurtful but it also allowed me to really find peace within myself and my expression. It allowed me to um, feel into like what resonated and that didn't resonate. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm coming at this in a really beautiful and it was a really pure way. And, you know, learning that, you know, sensuality can trigger anyone and everyone and it will, and it can be a beautiful reflection and it can show you something within yourself, or you can just simply you know, walk away from that and not be, um, you can, you can, you know, not learn anything or take away a teaching from that reflection. Uh, this is, I feel like there's so many places <laughs> to go with this. This is super significant because, yeah. you know, we're working with yeah. respected elders in spaces that your soul is feeling called into at the level of like your purpose and your dharma. Yes. And there's I'm finding this on my own path as well as I'm you know have had the opportunities to work with a variety of of teachers in uh, in the shamanic space and I I'm finding that there is an initiatory energy both in working with respecting and being deeply humble humbled by the wisdom, the perspective of, of our elders, because they have been on this planet so much longer than we have. One of my teachers told me there's the difference between an elder and an old person is one who really stays alive at the leading edge of their life, you know, and continues to grow and to learn and to stay humble themselves in their own evolutionary process. And so to be able to recognize Wow, like if your system is recognizing this is an this is an elder. This is this is one who has walked and who has stayed current at their own leading edge. This is a wise woman and this woman's connected to the path that you're calling your dharma. And then to receive the reflection that comes from her own humanity and her mm-hmm. own ingestion of patriarchy systems and any judgments that have formed, which are they the then those form protection mechanisms and all of the constructs that come with that. So just as much as part of the initiatory path is humbling ourselves at the feet of elders who know more, who do know more and who are such a blessing. I cannot even 
say enough how much of a blessing it has been to receive true eldership in my life. And there is in our own journey of becoming elders over the next several (laughs) decades, there will be points of initiation on the journey where there's a, a, a claiming that needs to happen, where there's a a deep connection to your own knowing that it's like a gnosis that goes beyond any external reflection. And when we start to pedestalize any teacher outside of ourselves to the degree that we would come off the mark of our own alignment and ingest a potential judgment or pattern that they may, or lens that they may have ingested, that can be a little dangerous because it's easy to do. That's where a lot of people can, you know, uh, accidentally yield their own authority. And so there's such a dance between being attached to your authority and being unwilling to let go of what you think it is supposed to look like, which is, you know, can be borderline on arrogance and, and, and actually block an individual from receiving the wisdom of the elders who often that wisdom will crack the construct that you might be attached to and cause an, you know, an ego death. So we have to be like willing to be humbled and to get humble and to know that there's so much that we don't know in order to sit at the feet of true elders. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, then we got to also balance it with wow, like on the path, there will be some elders that their teaching itself is to remind you, whether it's consciously or unconsciously. And in this case, it feels like it was potentially an unconscious teaching from this particular elder woman that she was not able, she wasn't seeing her own, you know, judgment. And and that was not in resonance with you. And the initiation that she offered, thank you to this teacher was for you to actually discern the difference between like humbling yourself at the feet of a teacher and taking in this reflection or actually not yielding your authority and receiving the truth of what is a part of your path that may not have been a part of her, of hers. And even potentially your receiving of your path may become a powerful kind of pattern interrupt for, for her, you know? Mm-hmm. So this journey, like, it it is a disruptor and you being able to own i would love to talk about this the disruptive energy of being a young beautiful mayan woman who's embracing her sensuality and sexuality and and, and giving herself permission to liberate and fully express that energy what has that been like beyond this experience you had which i really honor and acknowledge that you st- stayed in your truth and did not yield the truth of your process of exploring your sensual expression while also still receiving your, your dharmic path on the Mayan tradition with the Mayan tradition. So when it comes to the sensuality, what, how has that journey been for you? Why, why is it important? And what are you learning about being a fully expressed, liberated woman? Like, where do you feel like you're, you have not been liberated in that way? And, and what are you learning about getting more and more free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It opened me up, 
you know, that experience opened me up to being more curious about my sensuality and sexuality, actually. And also seeing the cross between um, how cacao could support me in that, because that was something that um, she saw as being really wrong is what it was. And so then it brought up curiosity. And then I came to this understanding that cacao is also an aphrodisiac. So it does support us in, you know, opening up it because it is that heart opening medicine. It can allow you to deepen into your connection with your beloved or with yourself and with your own sensuality and sexuality. So (laughs) I remember then going to an elder um, in Costa Rica and and asking that question and and wondering, I mean, curious about that and and getting a reflection of like it absolutely is an aphrodisiac. And you know, we giggled and laughed about the fact. And this is a woman from the Bribri tribe who was like, it absolutely is, and that is why we have so many children. And we kind of just laughed. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, it opened me up to more curiosity, and then that led me actually to, you know, learning more about shamanic and tantra um, teachings, and um, yeah, it it was a beautiful process. I feel like it allowed me to uh, deepen in to that embodiment, and also, mm, what is the word like? Yeah, really know when to um, express that, right? I feel like, you know, at the time when I was first expressing and being very expressive in my sensuality, it was just kind of beautiful and and playful and it was pure, um, but also not always necessary. I don't, I don't need to show anybody. It has nothing to do with anyone, but it was this, um, it felt very liberated yeah. and free. But then you hit these different layers and 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 I've come to a place where like I don't feel like I want to share myself in a sensual way as much. Mm-hmm. Um and however, that is just part of who I am. So it shows up either way in different yeah. places, um, but from a lot more of a grounded place. Yeah. I respect that. It's yeah. a it feels like it's a, a process of maturation, which mm-hmm. is something that you're naming around we we mature in all areas of our life and including our expression of our sensuality, right? There's like, um, I guess in David Data's school, he talks about first stage, second stage and third stage, right? Mm -hmm. And so then there's, my understanding would be like, you know, in the first stage, it's the first stage and the third stage can look very similar, but one Mm -hmm. is about serving yourself and like kind of just claiming at all costs, this liberated sensual expression, which is really important if you were feeling not liberated to kind of break through the wall and just be free with it. But then there's like a, um, a moderation that happens where it's like second stage. It's like, Oh, it's coming into balance with, you know, it's coming into balance. And then in the third stage, it's like, Oh, and does that expression serve the world? Mm -hmm. And what is the form of that expression? Is it serving the world through just overt and direct expression of the, the sexual, you know, Shakti, fully liberated, like the, the juicy, yummy, melty magnetism of that can be a very direct service mm-hmm. and opening up a space or opening up a heart or opening up your partner. And it can also serve, even if it's creating trigger, even mm-hmm. if it's creating contraction, like being willing to be in your fully embodied, liberated, sensual expression, not because you just need to, to get free for yourself, but because it's the truth. Exactly. In the moment, and if it's the truth in the moment, your embodiment may trigger the fuck out of some people. 
And that's a strong mirror to look at, like, where is witnessing this beautiful embodied expressed woman who's in the truth of it, not to try to be the queen, not to try to da da da, but to actually just to be in the truth of the moment. Where does that bring up? Does, does that bring up insecurity? Does that bring up closure? Does that bring up judgment? And to be able to actually take full responsibility when we see other empowered women in their expression, wow, like where does it reflect to me where, where I may not be free yet? Oh, where does it reflect to me where I might have some judgments about myself or where I might like to live into a little bit more of that? Or where, ha- where have I been closed? Like wh- where's the judgment serving as a protection? <laughs> and to actually, that's the empowered inquiry. You know, it's, it, it's a much more disempowered state to be in attachment to your judgment and to be justifying your victimhood and why someone else is wrong and why you're right. There's a, there's a, there's a trap in that that is quite disempowered. And so it's a gift if your embodiment is serving as a trigger for others, if those others are willing to look, and even if they're not, if it, the, sometimes we have to get real rattled to break <laughs> into the, okay, I'm actually suffering through my own cis judgment matrix. So let me look at the empowered, like, why is this coming up for me? What's going on in me that has me in such a resistance to this? So it's, it's good medicine across the board, whether it's being received in the like (gasps) expanded (laughs) end of the wave or the contracted end of the wave. So I really honor either way, the courage that it takes for you to be in a rested state of embodied sensual expression, which Mm -hmm. is different than a forced state. Like you're just really, I'm actually really experiencing you as like, yeah, like I don't, it's not a need. It's just, yeah, I'm willing. It's a truth. And I love it. I love how you said, yeah, they look similar. One and three, they can look exactly the same, but there's yeah. a different frequency. There's a different energy um, from where it's coming, but it can look the same from the outside. So totally. Totally. Hello, my loves. If you've been following me for a while, you know that over the past several years, I've birthed an ecosystem of transformational containers that have not only yielded profound personal evolution for all involved, but also true, lasting sisterhood. And the intimacy cultivated within this sisterhood has yielded a field of true safety that is profoundly conducive to personal transformation. And it keeps getting stronger. The dojo field has seen cohort after cohort of women claim their freedom, truth, and higher calling. And the women keep showing up for one another year after year. It's truly profound. I really trust the magnetism of the dojo field, and it is time now to call in the women for the next cohort of the dojo immersed. The Dojo Immersed is a three-month higher self-embodiment initiation for women who are leaders, facilitators, and natural guides ready to claim their next levels of service and empowerment. Saying yes to this container means a commitment to massive expansion. 
It means being willing to see everything that is not in full alignment in your life and being willing to dive deep into your own personal healing process, claim responsibility for your creative power, and create full congruency in every area of your life. Inside, you'll journey with an intimate cohort of 10 to 12 women who are devoted to doing the same. Women who are devoted to sisterhood and devoted to liberation in service of life on this planet. This three-month container centers on a three-night in-person immersion and qualifies you to continue forward into the deeper layers of entrainment available within the dojo ecosystem. If you're feeling the call, now is the time to fill out an application and set up a call to explore alignment with me. Visit zaharazimring.com slash the dojo immersed or see the link in the show notes to apply. So now that we're we're getting into the the juice and where some edges might live, a huge part of the field with the dojo is that we like we look at where are the most alive invitations for expansion happening in our lives. And I'm curious in your own life, like where where is life stretching you right now? Like where where is the leading edge? There might be a couple. But where is one that's just super lit in your life at the moment where, where it's like, okay, life. All right, girl. I was literally myself in the shower this morning. <laughs> like I, I can share one of mine too after yeah, you, please. but like in the shower this morning, I literally, you know, when life just kind of spins you so hard that you, you think, you know, what's going on and you've developed this whole matrix of story around it. And then it's just, it's, it's, all happening for a, 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 it's serving something that is like totally not what you thought, but it still is serving a purpose. It's like that kind of like blender situation where I'm like, wow, I just feel like I got totally blended. Like life has been do- like is doming me, you know? And I'm like, all right, girl. And I just started crap. Like I was laughing and I'm like, it's not, I don't think I'm losing my mind, but I've definitely been getting blended where I'm just like, wow, my God. Like, it's like, it, it makes so much sense only after going through the portal of this makes absolutely no sense, you know? And so coming through the other side of just being like, wow, the perfection in life's design to specifically bring up your, your shadow material and your blind spots. Oh yeah. Is insane. It's just, it continues. I kind of get off on it. I have to say as a very scorpionic person, I I have created an ecosystem of containers called the dojo. So I really do appreciate, I really do. I do appreciate the perfection and the, the design of all of, of what it takes to get free and the, the decision on a higher level, the choice that we've made to come into human bodies in order to feel our way through exactly where the expansion needs to happen. And I'm curious, what's that looking like for you? What's so casual conversation (laughs) on this day here? What's that looking like for you, girl? Yeah. You have me sweating over here because- Yeah, what comes up is, okay, so yesterday, and I can't go into the specifics because it's a legal matter, um, <laughs> but something came up yesterday and it it completely triggered me and it put me into this space. And this is what I was feeling at first was, 
annoyance, irritability, and like, why the fuck do I have to be going through this? Excuse me. Um, why, why me? Why am I having to go through this? And what was coming up is, was like anger. Um, and my partner could see it and he kind of just like spoke to it. And I knew I was just, I was kind of bubbling in it. And then I was able to sit with it and I was able to, um, be with it to some extent. And I was able to even bring in my gratitude practice and feel gratitude for what was coming up for my life, for the little things as well. However, I wasn't like fully going into the depths of that um, annoyance and that anger. Um, And so I was kind of staying at this like level space. And then it would just seep out that annoyance a little throughout the day. And this this is actually only happened within the span of not even an hour, but it felt like (laughs) eternal. (laughs) Um, I finally gave myself some, some time then to sit with it. And it dissipated once I was like really going into it, but it brought up like, okay, this is bigger than me. This annoyance, this anger, for whatever reason, whatever brought it up, because so many little things throughout our days can bring, you know, annoyance up, let's say. But when I went into the 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 root of it, there's like a lot of anger there, and this is a this is one of my shadows that can come up um, in the past. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the past, it would come up, and you know, then you would get you would see like my sass come up in my relationship, and mostly you would only see this in my intimate relationships. I don't really like go into that super fiery. I might be more passionate is what my friends would see. Um, but that like bubbling up of sassiness of irritability can come up and would come up in the past. And it would be this like undercurrent. And then I, I've, I've been able to trace that back to be like, it's so much bigger than just me and my you know childhood wounding. And the fact that I felt like no one cared about my voice. There was so much to be angry about because I was so wounded by my, whatever the story is, right? We all have difficult um, upbringings. We all, you know, have our stories. Um, But then I could find that, you know, I could trace this back to my mother who has, you know, a lot of anger that doesn't show up, that she hasn't worked through, but it will come out at these inopportune times and be really intense. And further back to my grandmother. And then, I mean, think about the generations of women who haven't been able to use their voice, who've been suppressed. And there's just so much anger under the surface for us to explore and to play with um, and to express. So for me, yesterday, I didn't need to go into a full rage. I could just be like, I'm really fucking annoyed. I'm really irritated. And just speaking to it, but then feeling it within my heart allowed me to dissipate it. I didn't even need to go into a full like rage ritual or anything. You know, we've already been there, done that. Um, and that is really, really helpful. Um, but yeah, there's one of my experiences that was just yesterday. So that's that's powerful. It's- <laughs> powerful to say like even the part where the 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 design of the situation brought up the aspect of you that goes into why me like why me like you know like almost in 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 one expression and embodiment practice of i would i would recommend if you have that come up where we go into the victimy kind of yeah. like why me you know like come on life like we're resisting <laughs> life it can actually be really powerful to like give yourself a container of 3 minutes or 6 minutes put a couple songs on and just be like, I, this is my complainer container. I'm going to tantrum for the yeah. next 
six minutes and I'm just going to be like, why, you know, why, why, uh, I'm so far. And you just know that you're holding space for your little girl to come up into the part of you that goes, why me to yep. tantrum and to be frustrated and to, and this is part of just processing the emotional content and the emotional body and honoring that part and not bypassing that part. Mm-hmm. And as we let that kind of wave pass, cause you could, you could hook on to that and that could be the next week. The mm-hmm. next week could be why me? And then everything that you're creating in your experience is a reflection of like how much of a victim you are. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing you did, you just like let yourself feel through the energy. You didn't even have to go through a full rage or release process. And then it shifted within a day, you know, like the energy moves and it it shifts. And so I just want to, for anyone listening, there are different practices that you can mm-hmm. do to just help the energy move on the level yeah. of the emotion. And I think increasing our tolerance, our emotional resilience, which happens with time, you know, which happens with age. I feel like the more things we go through, I can imagine you going through a similar catalyst of this degree three years ago would have had a way different experience with, yeah. with this. And so it's like, to the degree that we expand our capacity and our our resilience to meet life with every catalyst that is designed for us and actually receive it as a catalyst that is designed for us to grow through each of these opportunities. Also, the challenge level increases. Our capacity increases and the challenge level increases. And so I'm really seeing in my own life as well where certain catalysts come in mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, if I rewind the script and imagine the version of me three years ago going through what this portal is, it would have been just a whole different can of worms, which is why it didn't happen like this three years Mm -hmm. ago, right? It's Mm -hmm. a different, you're met with the catalyst that you're ready for nothing, everything that you need and nothing more than you're ready for. I really believe that because here you are still and look at the life journey that you've been through. Even the moments where we really are like, why me? This is too much. I cannot with this. Here you are. Here you are, here you are still resilient as fuck moving yeah. through it all. Right. So mm-hmm. I've had an interesting, I'm, I'm going to record a solo episode, um, on this and be more, more, more deep in the specifics of it all. But I'll also give kind of like a high level view of life's and she is just so twisty and turning sometimes in the way that that um, the whole thing works and it's always very affirmative of my trust in life. So I've recognized that some of the larger invitations and, and catalyst growth spurts that have been happening through me lately are without the seasoning of the last two years where I've been on a really deep trust exercise with life through the nomadic journey I've been on and all of the growth spurts that has ha- that have happened as a result, I have cultivated a trust with life. Thank God mm-hmm. that has become a, it's become foundational. Like, you know, when something click, it's just like fundamental. It becomes, it's like a fundamental part of, of who I am. And it's really interesting because even as I'm saying that I'm like, yes, part of the lesson I'm getting is connected to how um, like how oracular and visionary and clear and like how I can like where, you know, where your superpower and your blind spot can be very much connected to the same energy. 
And so like, I'm like, wow, I have this superpower where I can get very oracular and visionary. And I create construct through story around what is happening. And then when what is happening clicks in, then why I create a story around why it's happening. And then all signs point to that why, and that further affirms my story about why the what is happening. Mm. And then I get real, real on my high horse about why the what is happening. And then I get really attached to the outcome Mm. because why the what is occurring means that this outcome is going to happen. And so I'm going to give everything I have to supporting that outcome. And as soon as I get attached to the outcome, because the what and the why are so obvious. So of course they're leading to this outcome. As soon as I get attached to the outcome, there's fear involved. Because when I'm attached to the outcome, then I go into control and I, and it's wild. I've been humbled hard because I just did this in a big way. And I, again, I'm going to share, this is a full episode. I'm going to share a full episode about this, but I just did this in a big way. And it is a blind spot, man. And I got the outcome that I thought was for sure why all of the what's were happening didn't happen in the way that I thought. And I had like deployed all of the whole cavalry <laughs> toward that outcome. <laughs> and then life was like, nope, no, nope, not that. That's not what you think. But what you've deployed on the way to what you think, mm-hmm. let's say 70% of that, we just needed you to get where you got because 70% of that needed to happen, all mm-hmm. of that. And about 30% of it, like you're just gonna have to let that go, girl. Like, you know, sorry, no. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, like, wow, I really wove quite the story. And, and again, the essence, like I just said, like 70% of the essence was really important and valuable, but I got ahead of life. Mm. My, the current of my energy, because I have a, I can have a big force of energy got ahead of the current. That makes sense. Where the current of the energy, if the current of your energy gets hooked into an outcome that has not yet happened, you are ahead of the current moment. And that is dangerous from my perspective, but I'm I'm learning. It's not dangerous necessarily because life still organized itself to like support the whole process. And this is a really important learning to Observe the what. Maybe some intuitions come in around the why. Be like, yeah, this is my sense of why the what is happening. And can I still lean back and be like, and let's let life really fill in the blanks before my human, my human Zahara decides that this and this and this and this need to happen, right? So there's the what is occurring that life is very clearly bringing forward. That's factual. That's here. That's current. And then there's the what starts occurring because you as an individual start forcing it to occur. Mm. And I think that's when we, because we're attached to an outcome, you start forcing it to occur because of an attachment to an outcome. That's when I think we start to come out of alignment. And I'm learning that lesson right now. That's that's an, 
an edge for me. It's been very humbling to be mm-hmm. like, oh shit, like a little even embarrassing to be like, mm-hmm. wow, I I was really sure about that. I got real sure about that. And then it's, it, you know, it's not the truth, at least not yet. It's, it's, it's happening at the pace that it needs to, which is a slower pace than my spirit felt like it needed to go in order to feel safe and in control. And like, I could control the outcome. So yeah, there's a lot of humbling in that. And, you know, these are all the learnings, but this one was subtle and surprising and it had me laughing in the shower, just kind of like, oh my God, you know, really like kind of mm-hmm. the really kind of laughter, you know? So it's, it's a journey. It's a journey, yes. you know, yes. mm-hmm. such a, such a journey. <laughs> so, yeah. So now we've shared our edges. <laughs> One good medicine for those edges, I imagine, is cacao, which is beautiful heart medicine. So I'd love as 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 we start to land the ship of the episode, I really wouldn't want to transition out without getting a dose from you around cacao specifically, why it's meaningful to you, like what that medicine, you know, if you were the voice of cacao, mm-hmm. what would you say? And then also your work with your I've just seen you so passionate with Mayan readings. Mm-hmm. And how the the Mayan readings have impacted your life, and if there's anything um, that is current in the months of May, April, in the months of April and May, which is like in the season that this episode will be released, mm-hmm. that might want to be spoken to. Mm, so cacao, right? This beautiful heart medicine. Everyone knows chocolate. And yet when we have it in its pure form, it is literally heart medicine filled with all of these beautiful properties, the anandamide, the bliss molecule, the theobromine that gently energizes, the magnesium that relaxes our muscles, feeds our brains, which most people in the Western world are deficient in, um, antioxidants, the vitamins, the nutrients, all of these beautiful things like PEAs and MAOs that support our dopamine and our serotonin levels. Mm. So it's so beautiful for supporting us um, as like a superfood, but as well as this spiritual aid that allows us to feel good in our bodies and open up to receive um, what it is and also release what no longer you know, what we no longer need. So it sort of makes space and allows us to open up so that we can come into alignment with what our truth is and who we truly want to be in this world. So it's this beautiful medicine and also just so, so supportive in like our creativity. A lot of us are artists and what we're creating, it can really support um, us in those um, creations. Uh, But yeah, it's, very special to me, right? It is native to Mesoamerica. The Mayans knew the power of cacao. And so I'm really wanting to bring that um, understanding of it back um, to the mainstream. And I want people to stop using chocolate because also the chocolate industry is terrible. Like it's awful and it's not good for you. It's bad for your health. It's bad for the world. It's bad for the people that are being used and you know, there's a slave trade, there's all kinds of things happening with like mainstream chocolate, like the Nestle and these kinds of things. And so really wanted to bring awareness to like, coming back to um, the plants in a beautiful way, working with the plants in a beautiful way, working with foods in their whole forms. um, And with the, you know, beautiful, smaller indigenous 
companies that are doing this in right relation as well. Um, There's that. So I will speak to the energy of the year, actually, because we are in eh, and eh um, is actually the energy of the journey and of the path. And I think this year is, you know, I think for most of us already, we've really been in it, like (laughs) already have been feeling so much moving through so much. It's already been, um, you know, a catalyst for change, for transformation. So many people are awakening. Um, So we are in that energy of the journey of travel. We'll see a lot of movement, I think, and a lot of change coming up. That's for the year. Um, Yeah, with the Mayan calendar, it's a sacred calendar. It's comprised of 20 nawales and 13 numbers that come together to give you a unique energy um, for that day. And for the energy that you are born with specifically, so we can find that, which tells you a lot about yourself, your personality traits, um, your strengths and your weaknesses to support you in knowing yourself, but also knowing the energy that you have in your feminine side, your masculine side, knowing what you came in with, but also what you're going into in your eldership, um, just to support you in, in, in on your path and harnessing that magic and also harnessing the magic of like your Mayan birthday, your Mayan birthday, there's a specific date in the calendar where you'll have your Mayan birthday, which is different from your actual, like, you know, birthday from the Gregorian calendar. And that is a day for pure magic where you can come into ceremony and manifest and really call in the power um, of the unseen good forces, like your loving ancestors, your guides and all of the things. Um, to manifest what it is that you want for the next year. So it's really beautiful. It sounds fun, but it's also really profound and powerful. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes to all of that. So how can people find you in terms of if anyone wants to do a deeper reading, what would that look like with you when it comes to the, the work you're doing with the Mayan calendar? Yeah, you can find me on IG, which is just Christine Olivia underscore. That's C H. Or you can find me on my website, which is um, IamChristineOlivia.com. You can get a free mini reading there, or I can go into an in-depth reading. A mini reading is just going to give you your Nawala and your number. Whereas if we do a full reading, I'm going to do the calculations because it's all mathematical to find your past, present, future energy, the feminine and masculine energy, also like your motivation behind your character, as well as your year lord. So just seeing what the year lord is as well, the energy you were born with. Um, Yeah, so it's just an in-depth reading. Amazing. Yeah. Well, my loves, I highly (laughs) recommend you check out Christine's pages and explore the possibility of working with her. Also, um, I know you have a book coming out and you already have a book out, The Child of Magic. So I don't know Mm -hmm. if you want to share about those as well. Yeah. A child of magic is so fun for the inner child and connecting with your inner child, um, remembering your magic. Lana Olivia is this fictional character, but is similar to all of us in our stories of like, we come into this world magical, connected, and through the human experience, we forget who we are. And with the help of the loving ancestors, with the elementals, with the magic, we'll come back into remembering our truth and remembering that we are magical beings. Um, So super fun, playful, 
it's like a, a playful way to connect with the inner child rather than it being like really hard and intense work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the next book will be coming out next year. We don't have the title yet, but I'm actually turning that in in like five days into my publisher Woo! with my publisher. So yeah, super excited. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's amazing. It's been so beautiful to witness you co-creating that with your partner and just seeing you birth into life, these new projects and you're being published with Hay House, correct? Yes. Yeah. And the support that that publishing company is offering to bringing medicine, your medicine onto the planet in a bigger way. So yes, please more. Thank you so much for bringing your voice and your heart, the medicine of cacao onto the dojo podcast. And I'm so grateful. I love you. And and to all of you listening, thank you for the depth of your receiving as always. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you all for creating this space to receive this transmission and for having the courage that it takes to live your life beyond the edge. If you feel the call to go deeper with me privately or explore the dojo ecosystem, the best place to start is by visiting zaharazimring.com and taking your free micro dojo. You can also find me on Instagram at zaharazimring and I love hearing from you guys. So feel free to send me messages, make comments, and I will absolutely get back to you. I also would deeply appreciate if this episode or any of these episodes have touched your heart, leave a review as it really supports this show in touching more hearts and more lives all around the world. Thank you for joining and I'll see you next time.